0: Hello and welcome to What the Focaccio?
1: With me, Bettina Campolucci-Bordi. And me, Nikki Webster. Our podcast is all about sharing our passion for the things we eat, good food, and the people behind it.
0: We are delighted to announce that this season is sponsored by Stonely Wines. Their premium wines come all the way from Marlborough, New Zealand. It is made from
1: 100% sustainably sourced grapes and are vegan certified. And we have a unique discount code for our listeners you can get 20% off Stonely Sauvignon Blanc exclusively on Amazon using the code Stony 20 Dee's Table is a plant-based food company founded by Danae Anderson. Danae is a chef and recipe developer who's passionate about creating delicious and healthy vegan food. She started Dee's Table with the goal of making plant-based eating more accessible and enjoyable for everyone. Danae believes that healthy food doesn't have to be bland or boring, and she works
0: hard to create recipes that are full of flavour and nutrition. From a plant-based meal prep service to her cooking classes, these Table offers a range of services to help people incorporate more plant-based
1: meals into their lives. Through her work, Danae hopes to inspire others to make more conscious choices about what they eat and show that vegan food can be both delicious and satisfying. Hi, so lovely to have you here. How are you doing? Is the sun shining for you today?
2: Yeah, it's so wonderful, isn't it? I feel like London yeah. is like really special when it's this sunny like it feels like a whole different city
0: yeah it really does it makes such a huge difference I feel like I've just been cold (laughs) (laughs) since (laughs) I've just been cold since December just waking up with a cold nose yeah snuggled up in the duvet but I I feel like there's 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 lots of good reasons to wake up I mean that sounds quite morbid but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, sunshine makes everything so much better we are so delighted to have you on our podcast um thank you so much for taking the time and for those of you who don't know who you are would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself yeah in um, your own words in my
2: own words so I am today and I make food and I also write music um the food is centered around flavours from my childhood. In Jamaica, I grew up there and moved here when I was nine. And so I pull from different places that I've been to and just food that I love. Um, So I feel like it is very much a modern way to cook. And I love using seasonal ingredients, but the main core of it is vegan Jamaican flavours and goodness yum yeah, yeah. So, so
1: where did where's all this inspiration where do you love cooking come from how did it all start
2: um basically I think food is like always been really special and interesting to me just as an observation in the way that it brings people together and so I'd always love to cook for people I think it's like a love language of mine and I cook for everyone it's something that I love to do which is really interesting because I think a lot of people can interpret it as like a very romantic thing to do. Um, mm. But I just, as default, want to cook for you within the first 10 seconds of me and you. <laughs> mm. um, and so I just I used to throw like really elaborate dinner parties and just invite people over and make like five courses or like loads of different things and try a new dessert. And I think food to me has always been really exciting because. I think it's, like, just creativity in general is really fun. Um, But in the kitchen, to me, it's, like, really, it's, like, the ideas I have in my head and exploring them and trying to figure it out. Um, So I just love to cook for people. I think that's, like, the main thing.
1: Oh, I couldn't agree with you more, by the way. I mean, I definitely express my love through cooking. Same. It's just been, I think, for me, it's been that constant thing
0: that I've been, quite good at or, or right at um, mm. and it's just been that thing that even through uni or family gatherings or friends it's that skill that brings people together and it's quite it's a really it's a really nice thing to do um, love love that phrase that it's it's the lo- love language food is the yeah. love language and it's got no barriers either I mean you can sit around a table and not speak each other's language but still enjoy amazing dishes and just have the appreciation for good food I think yeah definitely so you mentioned Jamaica but who are your biggest food influence so there's two questions actually two questions in one who are your biggest food influences uh from your childhood and who are your influences now for me it's been my grandmother's uh, I had a Bulgarian grandmother and a Norwegian grandmother, and they were both very, very different, but both amazing cooks. And those were sort of my early memories of of sitting by a table that I couldn't reach, but just watching them,
2: watching them cook. So how about you? Um, so I think the women in my life have always been incredible cooks, and I loved my mum's cooking, and I loved her ability to, like, make something from nothing Mm. and it's like that kind of what they call like the fridge raid kind of cooking she'd just be a wizard and so I'd been inspired by her and I actually look forward like most people to like Christmas or Easter um because there's like specific things that she'd make for like those big occasions Mm. um and I'd say Mm. now I'm like this is almost like an endless amount of food (laughs) inspiration there's so many incredible creators and I think forever, like I'm a massive Nigella fan just because Mm. I think she's very like herself. I don't Mm. know if that makes any sense, but the way that she cooks isn't specific to anyone else. And I think sometimes, um, I don't know in the internet there's like, it can be a bit of a blur. And I think her identity has always like been very pronounced, like she's very like unique. And I really like that about her. And for the same reasons, I love Alison Roman. I think Alison Roman is incredible. And weirdly, I really love when people have and share extreme like food opinions. Mm, because yeah. I think it's like amazing. Like I've, you know, I know some people that hate black pepper which I think is crazy because I love black pepper, but you know, therefore they don't use it in their food and they have this specific reason why they think, you know, they, they won't use it. and for her she doesn't like sandwiches which I think is really interesting (laughs) um I love sandwiches but I love sandwiches yeah I think (laughs) I (laughs) I love sandwiches yeah a really good sandwich is like incredible yeah but she doesn't like them and I really like to get a sense of someone's personality through the food that they make um so I'd say she's like probably my bigger hero because I watch her food and I feel like I'm she's I'm almost in the kitchen with her and I'm getting a better understanding of like herself through her food and yeah. therefore I find it actually quite inspiring.
1: I think that's important um, these days isn't it just to get a real insight in terms of you know why people are doing it and their personalities whereas maybe 5 years ago it wasn't so much.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's interesting like and I've noticed it more and I think it's really important because then the food is you and people are cooking your recipes, you know. Yeah. um so i think it's really important
0: yeah definitely i i was sorry i was gonna say uh, you don't like pasta nikki don't <laughs> no but I've, but i've
1: got a better i've got a i've actually got a better one that's never in my recipes which you probably know bettina what's that parsley Pars- yeah <laughs> you don't like parsley no oh so and so all the recipes even if it's integral part of a traditional recipe parsley i never put parsley in yeah
2: mine's cumin it's like cumin well I love you
1: know
2: (laughs) like spices that have been like sitting in the back of the cupboard forever have like a (laughs) horrendous well I don't use the word horrendous but I feel like for some reason when I think about I love cumin when it's like the seeds and like Mm. the there's like a it's like a different energy to it to me like cardamom or something when you use it with Mm. the pods say so different right and I think sometimes a lot of spices that people use tend to be really dead or something and they're just like past their peak um, yeah so I, I kind of get that yeah I yeah
0: get that. human yeah and I also that's actually a really good point in terms of spices I don't think a lot of people know that you kind of shouldn't keep spices for a couple of years or I know that some people keep the spices for several years more yeah, 10 years and you should actually use them as much as possible and then renew and get new spices because yeah. they tend to go a bit um they tend to go a little bit bitter sometimes like a bit they're, rancid yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah and definitely don't have that you know powerful sort of flavor that you you should be giving your food um so that's quite a good point actually so I whoever's think, listening yeah. get rid of your spices <laughs> Start fresh, they've been in the cupboards for like years, you know who you are.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like those straight like condiment bottles, isn't it, in the fridge that I tend to accumulate. What bottles? Like condiments. condiments. Yeah, okay. like condiments. Like, like random yeah.
0: things. I thought you said something else there. <laughs> what, do like... you think I, what do you think I said? <laughs> something, uh, something that sounds like
1: condiment. I was like, what type of bottle? Do they have, do they have bottles?
2: I... Okay. well like, I mean I, was, I also thought the same thing to be fair but, really, yeah. I think yeah, condiments can be quite easy to accumulate especially mm-hmm. now when it's like for some reason when you go to the supermarket there's almost just an endless amount of new things that yeah there's and a lot of choice so many choices, choices. So yeah. I, I totally yeah I'm what's your
0: go-to that. what type of condiments do you
2: sort of always have in your fridge oh I'm obsessed with exo mushrooms I think they're just like delicious what
0: was um,
2: that? Exo mushrooms? Extra mushroom sauce. It's almost like, I don't even describe it. Normally mm. you like shiitake mushrooms and there's like five spice and it normally comes in like a kind of oil ah. and it's just really like really flavoursome and I got really obsessed with it. I have lots of obsessions. Um, <laughs> I like too. But, but it, I got really obsessed with it um, and I just started using it in everything. Like I'd, I got into putting it in like a cream cheese like bagel smear basically where you put some of the mushrooms and they're really funky like really flavoursome like lots of like salty like flavour but like I love when a condiment is like you can access flavour really quickly and Mm. it's quite impactful and X A Mushrooms to me is like it just amps everything up. Not and Not true. Something. I've not, I've so not tried delicious. it either.
0: So this is this is, this is uh, very exciting. Like a golden nugget.
1: Yeah. I'm running out <laughs> as
2: soon as yeah. we're done. Where can it's you awesome. get it? Can you
1: get can you get it everywhere, or is it special places?
2: Um, normally at like your local like Asian like grocery grocery but um is where I would normally go. But I've seen it in like the big supermarkets.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. Delicious.
1: Mm. Really, really good. What's your go-to patina? uh condiment
0: wise yeah i similarly get obsessed with flavors Mm. and i will like at the moment there's like chili different chili oils Mm. i've got different pickles some of them i've pickled myself um gosh things like harissa i'll go through stages of harissa Mm. but then i'll leave it I mean yeah. there's quite a lot. I, I actually had a bit of a clear out of my condiment section in my fridge the other day. Uh oh. There's yeah. quite a lot there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, by the way, have you tried Nina's saucy? Like, oh yeah, based? they're that's amazing. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. Um, what's that? It's um uh it's uh, one of the ladies we know, she's got these incredible kind of like chili oil based um mm. condiments. Ooh. And they are, one of them particularly packs a punch, but they are incredible. They add so much flavour.
2: Yeah, mm. they're very good. They?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: smoked soy sauce, actually, is a pretty cool one. Interesting. A mm. little I've bit goes a long way. Uh, I, had, I found that recently in my fridge after my little raid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: like, ooh, haven't used you for a while. Yes. Um, oh, oh. Lovely, feel inspired. So, can you tell us? You um, mentioned your your supper clubs earlier, but can you tell us a little bit more? A bit more than that is that kind of how everything started, following on your big dinner
2: parties and the supper clubs. Yeah, yeah. Because all my friends were like, "You should probably do something." <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, mm, "How do I do it?" And I think that was a question that perplexed me for a long time. But I think most people are like that is what kind of stops them from doing something. And for me, weirdly it doesn't <laughs> i kind of just do things and then you know see what happens and so yeah. i just decided to host the supper club um it was like a five course meal um and it's really intense because at first i was really worried it wasn't gonna sell and then it sold out kind of quickly which is like really random um and i was like oh my god now i have to cook almost i think it was just under 40 people or something wow. um, which was like really intense lots of prep um and i did lots of these like i guess you know what there's a lot of nostalgia in my food and so i'm always paying homage to like a specific memory or flavor or a thing i remembered one of the dishes i did um were kind of loosely inspired by like soup dumplings which are oh, very nice. not vegan <laughs> they're <laughs> really not vegan they're like normally like pork based right and yeah um And so in Jamaica, like soup is like a massive thing. I absolutely love soup, delicious. And so I did a kind of like, in Jamaican soup, so there are these like dumplings in it. And Mm. so I made this very amazing, like kind of flavoursome Jamaican soup. Like, and I put it in a kind of more thicker dumpling dough to like replicate that kind of mouthfeel. Um, So it's really fun, but I actually realised that I love the like I think most of the food that I make is like I'm always saying it's like inspired by what I haven't made yet Mm -hmm. and so that's what makes me inspired to like go in the kitchen because it's like what will I make today I don't know and the memory of things but also trying to like create something new I think it's really exciting and so I think at the supper club or just anything that I do that's always what I'm trying to like achieve um and I never looked back, basically I did this, I did that first one and just started making more food. Um, I did a bit of stall stuff for a bit, which I realised wasn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> because people want to have the same thing all the time and actually okay. I don't really, I'm not that interested, well at the time I wasn't really interested in like doing street food. Mm. Um, so to me, I was just constantly making new things and people would be like, oh you remember that? Are you selling the like thing you made two weeks ago? And you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. But also if you're like, I not even I hardly remember what I made like a month ago. And I think it's I don't know, I love I'm quite intuitive in that sense. So I think if I did do something again, I don't know. I I think I have a dream about patty, kind of vegan patty shop or something. Mm, but ooh. um I'm kind of like I love cooking with the seasons and I'm very inspired by whatever's in the season. And nice. so I'm always ticking away like I want to make something else.
1: Amazing. I love that. Um that just, was that a bit of a problem for your, your cookbook then? I know we'll talk about your cookbook, mm-hmm. but but I was thinking if you always kinda of like trying to do something new and do you write it down and mm-hmm.
2: it's You know what? What I found tricky with my cookbook is the technology part of it, because at first I was writing a lot of it in to my phone which is really mm. impractical actually um, as I was going and I'd document things and then like try and write them down but then what would happen quite regularly is that autocorrect would happen and then what I've thought I've written down it's been autocorrected or like there's an extra zero at the end of it so I'm like how many grams was this oh, this no. is kind of crazy so then I started to write in a notebook which is definitely more practical. Yeah, that is definitely more.
0: It, it's a uh, it's a tricky thing writing cookbooks. I think we've um, we've spoken about this before. Uh, Nikki's very well planned. She's got like mm. a huge document. She does a little bit every week, and you know, very very inspiring. Whereas I'm like, holy shit! Right, I've got <laughs> I've got three to four <laughs> months to sort this out. <laughs> Better get started. And then I I work quite well under pressure. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do I'll do a notebook and then I'll sort of transcribe that into 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 a computer basically but it's funny that how we will and then how did you find how did you find it with measurements and things like that because I mm. like cooking intuitively and I find yeah. it quite I wouldn't say annoying but it's like everything obviously has to be measured mm. and I, I find that quite tricky because that's so counterintuitive yeah I would never
2: there's some things like for instance olive oil unless it's going in like a cake I don't know if I've I would ever measure it <laughs> yeah <laughs> just naturally I just yeah. would never if you're going to fry some onions or like you know whatever I wouldn't think now I'm going to put x amount of olive oil and so that was also quite tricky because I guess you have to think about this but then I think I don't know. I There were lots of glugs of this and glugs of that, which is quite funny. <laughs> that um, helps. <laughs> but I think actually, I don't know, I think everyone's a bit like that. That's why the whole, like, the salt thing, because a lot of recipes that I read before, unless it's like a dessert or, like, very focused on something, like, if you're making something that you want to be a certain degree of saltiness. It's a bit like if you were to, would you measure the amount of salt you put in, thing of pasta like you can go really f- far into it um mm. but i'm totally with you and i think what i struggled with was that part, like the accuracy of everything but mm. then i got really into it like the bacon side. i got like how f- how little agar agar can i add to set this <laughs> panna cotta yeah mm.
1: <laughs> so then it was almost
2: like a game to like see how little of it i could add and that was maybe a bit insane
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the, I mean the weird thing is like with a with a cookbook as well. I think is is for, for, uh, if people cook intuitively, it's very easy to understand a glug or yeah, you know or a pinch or a seat or season to taste. Or but for some people, actually need very specific instructions, don't yeah. they? And they just ha- haven't got that. So, oh, that, and yeah. the, but I think however, some people absolutely do want to be able to ha- you know put their own inputs and do that themselves. So it's a bit tricky.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's also. Yeah, I think I'm totally in agreement with you. That's also something that I, um, I you know, obviously I had to think about uh, as well whilst making it. But also I've never done it before. So, um, so to me, I've had this like many months and like a finish line. It's like, what will be in the book? <laughs> like I had lots of ideas and lots of things and a lot of them, you know, I pulled off quite and worked out quite quickly. But then some things were like, know just took forever and were quite rewarding to actually be able to develop properly um, Mm. and try again and like figure out what was wrong with it or whatever like that and so I found it quite challenging but Mm. I think when I developed it it was really strange because I did it mostly alone I didn't have people around me to like oh can you try this to, to you know to have someone else's opinion and I think that freaked me out a bit. I think that was quite weird to make so much food all the time, and then yes, not really be sharing it properly. Yeah,
1: yeah, you have to have like I mean, I have yeah, quite a, like a, <clears throat> a list. of a WhatsApp group of of testers, and and then I have to have my friends around and they the deal is they kind of give me feedback, and you know, mm. I think it's it's important.
0: Yeah, mm. it's really important.
1: Um, more
0: importantly, yeah, tell us about your book and what it's about and sort of give us a little sneak preview as in what to expect. Sneak peek.
2: Um, So Plentiful is a vegan Jamaican cookbook and it explores a lot of nostalgia of flavors that I grew up eating. And I call it plentiful because when I think of Jamaican food and the flavor and just the produce, just the island and the connection to food, I think of abundance and plentiful means abundance um and so I wanted to celebrate that and I think there's a lot of misconception about you know vegan food and it kind of lacking in flavor texture like richness all of these things and Mm. so I wanted to explore that through the recipes that are in the book
1: yeah what's your what's your favorite I bet bet you get out this a lot but what's your favorite recipe
2: at the book oh that's tricky you know it's interesting (laughs) I just (laughs) I just shot a bunch of like I hate the word content it's just like so reductive to me but um I shot a bunch of stuff and so I made the recipes for the first time in one of the we did the shoot because I Mm. haven't like revisited them Mm. and there's two that like you know what there's three that stick out to me as like very representative of um Plentiful the first one is definitely I think that is absolutely my favourite It might be my favourite in the book. It's like a French toast recipe. Mm. Um, And it's basically has this like caramelised like roasty banana almond butter that you like whip Mm. and it's like this really rich thing but with like lots of notes of like caramelised banana and stuff. I really like that one. Um, Yummy. I think think most people will make the uh, rice and peas arancini. Um, oh nice it should be quite fun um, and so I did it once at like a pop-up and knew like it was like a thing I had in the back of my mind knew I should revisit it and, but do it the proper way because at first I did it because I had lots of recipes left over and I was like what should I do um, and so I just made arancini on the day and it was like a special for the day but then I wanted to like make it the arancini using that traditional like risotto kind of method mm. so that's kind of what you do but with the flavors of like the rice and peas you make this like fav- some stock um coconut milk kidney beans like spring onion mm. all nice. that kind of stuff and you make it the same way so I think that one I really I do really like that one um that sounds great I have a bunch of recipes based around mangoes because like as a Jamaican like nice. I, I love mangoes um and i think that section to me is like got some of my favorite things in it
0: that sounds oh. so good mango is my favorite fruit it's my it's my favorite fruit and it's my daughter's favorite fruit it's like i could eat that all day just give me mangoes
2: like a good one is like <laughs>
0: yeah oh it's so good and especially when you get to eat like a whole one to yourself Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. big one well, not not living in london but where's the best place to get mangoes from in london you know what I just
2: I hardly eat them here which is so funny and I talk about it in the book because the recipes that I developed I was like look for this to be as good as you want it to be you have to make it in mango season and hopefully you're lucky enough to get a couple of funzos in the like you know months or three weeks that they're available (laughs) And you make them and to be fair, I did test them with the um, ones that you get in the can and that it was fine, but it wasn't for some of the recipes, it wasn't as like good. Mm. Um, and so I think I talk about it. It's like homage to like growing up with like three different mango trees. Like when I was younger, which I took for granted because it's like mango season in Jamaica is so special mm. and obviously it was just like the normal my normal life um and so I just don't eat them here as much I just yeah. wouldn't do it to myself I just yeah. I would rather you know every now and then I'm like you know I get some uh, prep something <laughs> 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 if I have a craving for it but yeah realistically I'm like trying to do it in the country <laughs> that it grows in yeah so when I went to Cuba Cuba I had really nice mango there nice and um recently in jamaica i went last summer and i had a really it was like the end of mango season really um and a really good one
1: oh sounds amazing
2: so it i just wait sound. i just wait yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah sounds good so bearing in mind that you've already said that you're you know you change you know your your recipes and don't like to go go back so much if mm. there was one meal or one type of cuisine that you had to eat for the rest of your life what would it be
2: I mean tricky it would it would probably be Jamaican food. I'm not gonna lie to you, but i I think in in this brain, I would have to like be in Jamaica mm. <laughs> for it as well because like fresh like I've you know I've settled for aki that you get in a tin, but like fresh Aki is a different beast mm. um and so yeah, I'd want like Jamaican food but like in Jamaica. Um, or you know what I love 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 Mexican food and I think mm. probably in a similar way I think I'd probably want to have it there because like the ingredients are just there and so it's just going to taste the best yeah um,
0: it's very so, yeah. true I I want to go to Mexico that's on me my too. it's, me it's on my travel travel
2: hit list me too desperately want to go mm. Definitely. It's interesting because I've been I've been to California quite a lot, and it's so close. So it's like California is really interesting because it's obviously such a big, such a big state, but um, it almost has like everything's in season all the time. It's really mm. interesting, yeah, um, and it has all of that amazing ingredients because Mexico is literally just right there, um, and so yeah, I think that's also a great place to go to to have good Mexican food.
0: Yes, I, yeah. I I, agree. Um, we've touched upon seasonality, eating local. Um, your book is Vegan Mexican, which is... Jamaican. Meek. Oh, sorry. Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't laughs> oh, my gosh. Your head was in Jamaican. Mexico because you were my obsessed by going. I know, I really want to go. Uh, yeah. Jamaican, sorry. I guess you must have seen this. Uh, and everyone that is 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 sort of in the plant-based world is that there's so many products out there and it's sort of a multi-billion-dollar industry. Um, I love your ethos um, of eating as seasonally as possible, using whole foods. Um, I, what's your opinion about what's happening at the moment in terms of the future of plant-based foods and you know with all the products that are coming out there?
2: I think to be fair, I think it's quite interesting but I think mm. some of it feels not gimmicky is not the right word like for instance right now there are lots of like 3D steaks and stuff which sound interesting to me but it's not something that is like a staple thing and therefore yeah. it's like I'm interested to try it but it's to me not something that I try and use as much um, so I try and make recipes that feel quite accessible um there are lots of things like for instance I think what's exciting is I feel like over the years um through trial and like all you know there's been such amazing products that have come come about now that I think are quite good <laughs> like block butter yeah is so good there's so many good vegan block butters now that are like you know I've, I know some bakeries that make really good croissants using like block butters and it's like pretty much the same Mm texturally. it's behaving the same way and so I think that's really exciting stuff like that that are like already staple things but um, yeah I think for me like that usage of foam meat as well it is noted to say that you know it's existed already in lots of you know in so many different food and cuisine that's like you know so I think it's it's something that's always been there and I have some of it but I'm like not it's not something that I try and incorporate too much into recipes mm. but um I love a good cheeseburger every now and then and so I think the beyond burger is pretty good mm. and fill in that void
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah. so looking back on everything you've to date um through your upcoming book what's What do you think you're um, most proud of so far? I mean, there's going to be loads more to come, but what's, what are you thinking?
2: I think the book was, is definitely the best thing I've done with Dee's Table, mainly because I found it so challenging. (laughs) And it took a lot of, you know, the things that I'm inherently not, I don't find as, like, easy for me to do. Like, it really challenged me in that sense to push Th- towards it um I think the book is very inherently me so I'm proud that it is like that it's very it's got a lot of my personality Um the way that it's kind of the broken down into chapters is very me um and so yeah I'm really excited for people to and terrified <laughs> excited and equally terrified because I'm not sure what people will expect but um I think to me like cooking this way is like so exciting and I hope people feel excited to cook when they see the break.
1: Well I'm, I'm well I'm inspired by listening to it about it so I'm, Absolutely. Sure they will be. <laughs> yeah. I'm really into it I think it's, um, it's amazing. Yeah so I was gonna ask actually um, who's your publisher did they give you some some good guidance and help with the bits that you were mm. struggling with?
2: You know what the editing process I think was definitely hard. I find I find very like the creative side is very easy for me. Like it's really easy for me to be creative, but the structural like side of it I'm like really bad inherently. At, like I'm I struggle with. Um, but I'm also a musician, so I think that part of my personality is like it's quite easy for me to access to like make something and kind of enter that world. Um, And so I, my editor Lucy, like, bless her soul, like, she was just, even just technology, I'm not very good at the, like, the different, you know, things that you write things in. Um, So it was a good process, but it was also genuinely quite fun because they also encouraged me to be myself, which I think is, like, the only thing that's important to me. Like, I wouldn't have wanted to make a book that didn't feel like me. Mm. Um, Also, I think... I think it does feel like very modern in, in, in a sense that I think it it's not a traditional Jamaican book. Like it's not going to have all the like classics and stuff, but I think it's very representative of what it means to like be a Jamaican in, a, in, you know, outside of Jamaica and yeah. to cook, especially, like I said, with the ingredients that, you know, I can't access and imparting flavour and using jerk like in a different way. And like, I think, those are the things I wanted to achieve. Like, how can you still, you know, use the flavour and the inspiration of like the world and, you know, of Jamaica and put it into like a different context. And, and I think that's what these tables are all about. So I think they were really good in just encouraging me to explore that. And which is really nice, actually. Love it. Yeah. yeah
0: that's very, very good. I love that. Um, I was just curious about your music side Hmm. um and tell us a little bit more about
2: that hmm. um so i've been making music like for as long as i could remember and so music came first and i've been kind of i guess professional musician since i was 19. wow um and a lot of that is interesting i think my book has a lot of like my emotion in it <laughs> like I wrote a little essay about the pandemic and how food to me was like important. And I talk about it quite a lot on my page about cooking for myself. And like, I mm. think it's really important to not rush all the time. And like, obviously, you know, based on the things you have to do, there's certain places you have to go. And so you, you can eat in a rush, but also I think it's nice to actually make a moment of food. Um, and so, yeah, I've, a musician since 19, and I think both of those worlds to me make sense in the place I create from. It's like the same place.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's it's
1: creative, isn't it? Yeah. So after the book, do you have any anything else in the works? What's what's coming? Um,
2: I think my genuine dream, like I'm I'd love to do more pop-ups or like physical things, because that's how these tables started. And weirdly, the book is something that kind of came along the way because of the pandemic as well. Like, um, you know, when I was doing pop-ups and residencies, people would ask, you know, would you ever consider sharing recipes? And it's never something that really dawned on to me, because I think, weirdly, when you write a recipe for a restaurant or like the context of that world versus, home kitchen it can be slightly different I think Mm, mm. um because you might be using a couple extra methods to achieve something that's like you know the reason why someone might go out and buy your food in a restaurant if that makes sense um and so restaurant world is like pushing it to like a different use utilizing different techniques and like you know having that extra bit of care Um, whereas I think food at home feels different and so I was trying to work out that balance quite quickly in the beginning but I just started a blog in in the pandemic basically and slowly started to share recipes Um, and then yeah the book came along the way so I think I'd love to write more Mm -hmm. um, but I also want to get back to cooking for people I think I, I miss I miss the feeling yeah, there's nothing. Yeah. There's
1: nothing like actually cooking for people, is there? No, yeah. it's good. It's a good feeling.
0: Um, both Nikki and I are really into sustainability and reducing our food waste, and obviously that's become quite a big topic now in the food world, and especially with sort of increasing food prices and and stuff like that. Are those topics that you address in your cooking at all?
2: I think um, it's part of the reason why I went vegan. Um, and I think I guess the topic of seasonality is really important um, when it comes to sustainability I think and it's something it's also a reason why I don't necessarily feel like I should be in mangoes every all the time here yeah whilst I live here I don't think I, I should be having that and I think it's something that I'm seeing a lot more now like and I love like for instance um so I moved to Margate um and pretty much most places you know that used to have avocado toast or something they just removed it from and just really consciously thinking about the ingredients and you know using what's in season and so I think maybe that's the way that I kind of talk about season you know sustainability Um, and I think it's an easy way for people to be more sustainable in their homes.
1: I think think it's a big one isn't it if you could if you can have that sort of seasonality mindset which people have kind of lost but hopefully it's coming back Mm. it's it's also a a fun way of cooking isn't it because at least you can get a little bit more creative and use what you have around Mm. you yeah definitely I
0: mean we 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 sort of have a similar opinion in terms of um, one of the easiest ways to tick off quite a few boxes is to subscribe to a veg box because you've got Mm. seasonality you're supporting local produce and also you're cooking with ingredients that you wouldn't necessarily sort of go and buy I mean I always (laughs) talk about swede and sort of the very harsh um, winter produce that you can sometimes get in your boxes but you know if you weren't Getting it into in a veg box, it, you wouldn't necessarily cook or cook or buy it. So it's a good sort of exercise, isn't it? In in
1: terms of yeah creativity and creativity, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always wanted to, and again, we kind of asked we ask everyone this. Um, you know, what's the balance for you between kind of your sort of ethical um, kind of reasons for for how you eat versus health, and what's the sort of interplay
2: there? Mm. Um, I think I just lean into what I'm craving sometimes. And so I think that's like,
1: I don't know, I, I always
2: try and I, I'm always striving to have like a healthy balance and a good relationship with food. Um, and so, yeah, what I'm trying to do now though, and I think this is really tricky is when you've been, you know, when you're a recipe developer and you're writing stuff. Um, you don't tend to get to cook for yourself intuitively as much sometimes mm, that is so um, true. and I think that's mm. something that I'm trying to get back to um, and have more balance of in general um, yeah yeah that, that's that,
0: that is that's is so true isn't it you sort of
1: yeah. yeah although on the flip side of that I sort I sort of think that it also forced you to maybe eat more variety especially for me living living on my own because because otherwise I'd probably get like oh uh, you know I want to eat the same thing for three days yeah so yeah pros and cons
0: there are pros and cons um I mean I tend to sort of go simple cooking if it's cooking Mm. for myself and family rather than sort of the elaborate because you kind of zapped out (laughs) Mm, mm. in terms of your creative juices if you're doing lots of recipe development and content and all sorts of things um but yeah that's really interesting I'm definitely trying to get back into a zone of enjoying cooking with family when it's not for work and being able to go to food markets and yeah enjoy produce in a different way which is good um we chatted about this a little bit in terms of you started your blog during lockdown yeah and I don't know if would you call yourself a food creator
1: I don't know the
2: content the, the content creator worked like as a thing doesn't mm. really sit with me I don't think um I don't know why it just I don't necessarily think I like would like describe myself as that, even though I do write recipes, that I guess people consume as content. Mm, that makes sense. Um, so I think it's, um, I think it's weird. <laughs> I don't know. I find it to be strange. And I think, whereas, you know, I am inspired by lots of people that make, you know, that might call themselves content creator, but there's something about it. That I, I kind of.
1: It's a pretty strange concept, isn't it? It's in itself. It's yeah, a,
0: I, yeah, I, yeah. It's different. I think there's different variations of it. Yeah. I think there's people that like create food for content purely, and then mm-hmm. I think yeah. there's like a lot of gray areas. And I think more so now than ever, also because of the lockdown, and you know, every bugger with a phone was filming themselves cooking or eating, yeah. or <laughs> creating content because there, there wasn't that much else to do but following up on that question do you have any tips for people I wouldn't say going into food content creation but going into the food industry I guess in a slightly different way which is not the traditional way of sort of going to cooking school and then getting into the food industry I you know there's there's so many opportunities to work within food now Mm.
2: I guess my thing would be, my top tip would be to be yourself. <laughs> yeah. Just be yourself. Yeah. Just figure out what it is that you want to make. And I think people can really read authenticity. And I think generally speaking, the most successful people in this world, I think, have are just being themselves. And I think that's really important. Wouldn't I wouldn't try and replicate what someone else is doing or like, you know follow lots of trends I think you can be yourself and find your own niche and like also tell your story in your food I think that's also really important because in the same way that like I guess everyone has had spaghetti you know well not everyone has had spaghetti bolognese but I feel like it's I'm just thinking of it as like a core dish that people might have in their homes but you know you might have grown up with your mum making it a very specific way and therefore tell the story of specific way that you had it do you see what I mean like yeah
0: absolutely I think it's
2: important to be yourself
0: (laughs) yes it is very important no I think that is um yeah that rings really true and I think yeah do it for the right reasons and being yourself is Mm. definitely a good good and
1: and and you know as we've kind of discussed before you like you can only be yourself can't you you know yeah and and if if you're trying to be someone else it's gonna fail yeah what are your thoughts on on to kind of like pairing drinks or wine with food is that Is that something that you ever consider?
2: You know what? I'm not really a wine snob. I'm definitely one of those people that like buys because it looks good yeah. <laughs> That's a yeah. cool label um However, I do really enjoy it. I enjoy like a good glass of wine and so white or red
0: hmm. I'd
2: say- <laughs> I'd say white <laughs> wine. I've had really lovely. I don't know if you've had uh, the name. I can see the name of them. But it's like this bottle of, of wine is called Love Bite. Oh, we had it and it's like a very good. light kind of chilled red. You like chill it. Oh, it's cool. Delicious. It's, got, it's got a good a name. Bite. It's a
1: good name anyway.
2: Yeah. I'm definitely so going to check that out. Yeah. Really, really good. And I've had a couple of reds that are like, you're meant to chill it and they've been like really juicy and like almost like pomegranate-y and like really nice um oh. I normally go stare towards like white wine um really in an orange wine kick at the moment mm. a lot um, yeah. yeah I'm like I wouldn't say I have an extensive knowledge of it
1: <laughs> but I think it's important just to go with what you like yeah definitely. yeah exactly yeah. that's that's most... yeah enjoy your wine
0: yes yeah I agree. Um, and this brings us to the last question. That is my favorite question. Um, which is what is the best piece of advice that you've been given or sort of a golden nugget of a saying that's stuck with you, um, that you sort of keep
2: reverting back to. Um, I'm just trying to remember, I don't, I don't want to paraphrase, but I'm trying to remember. It's just when I was younger, um, again, it's all about being yourself. I think it's like an interesting like topic because I enjoy that childlike part of me, that like my imagination and the things that make me feel excited. And so I think it was like a Lauren Hill It was like from her like MTV Unplugged and that that's something that's been quite instrumental and life-changing for me as a musician because she was so I think she basically didn't play any songs that anyone knew Mm. (laughs) and she just rocked up with like the whole set of new songs that she had just written Mm. Um, and it was just very real and she she gets very vulnerable and talks about you know a vast you know Amount of things and the industry, and how I think, I don't know. It was something like, what is it? The, it was like the fake you is more interesting. No, the real you is more interesting than the fake somebody else. And yeah. like when I was younger, and I was a teenager, that's kind of what has always stuck with me because of like, I only want to be myself, and I don't really, I'm not really interested in kind of engaging in things I don't necessarily want to do or things I don't want to make and so that's always something that I like I'm always asking myself what do I want to do like what do I want to say in food music whatever it is Mm. whatever the medium is like I think that's really important to me so I think yeah (laughs) I love it
0: so good (laughs) (laughs) amazing yeah that's such a that's really good love that um where can we when's your book out and for Cold. anyone listening when where can we
2: find you it's out next week which is Whoa! wild, ridiculous Amazing. how exciting 13th of april
0: oh yeah. brilliant brilliant Um, oh huge congratulations it's such a special feeling to it's like a book baby (laughs) yeah it does feel like that it really is and you know just savor every single moment it's like a little roller coaster ride but just um yeah Yeah. it's not it's not going to happen again this way so yeah 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 Yeah. savor it savor it all (laughs) <laughs>
2: so, I it's interesting because it's like I feel like I created this beast and then now it's been like unleashed into yeah. the world yeah but I guess yeah. it's similar to music to be honest it, it's like a weird secret that I had for like so long
1: mm-hmm.
2: um so yeah I'm mainly excited
1: yeah but it's um I don't well for me anyway just the thought that that having something in someone's home that people are kind of like actually cooking from and enjoying the it's just like such an incredible feeling it's like it's it's a thing yeah yeah (laughs) absolutely
0: so good thank you so much it's been really inspiring um I'm gonna run out and get love bite and some (laughs) extra mushrooms amongst other things
1: yeah
0: (laughs) all noted Um, all noted um it's been wonderful to have you on thank you so much for your time thanks for
1: having me thank you so much for listening to what's the catcher i hope you enjoyed our food conversations and please do have a listen to the rest of the episodes to hear more brilliant stories about everything and anything to do with food And a big thank you to our sponsor, Stonely Wines,
0: premium wine from Marlborough, New Zealand. It is made from 100% sustainably sourced grapes and is vegan certified. And use our exclusive discount code for 20% off Stonely Sauvignon Blanc exclusively on Amazon using the code STONELY20.
1: And please do give us a five-star rating if you've enjoyed the podcast. It really does help to spread the word. And if you want to follow Bettina and myself, you can find us on Instagram at Bettina's Kitchen and Rebel Recipes. Thanks so much for listening and we'll be back soon.